Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of the Mizog Art Podcast. Scheduled for this week was MC Yamas. But I've moved her back a week just to bring in this episode, The Kersler Trust, a charity which highlights arts for offenders. Now, I've had to do this because there is a time restraint on um, the Kersler exhibition this year, which is at the Royal Festival Hall on the South Bank. I'd been trying to hook up with Sarah Matave for weeks. Um, It didn't look like it was going to happen until just a few days ago when we were both able to find a date that suited the pair of us. The Kersler Trust's HQ is about 60 metres from the very intimidating gates of HMP Wormwood Scrubs. And for a few months every year, it is ram-packed to the rafters with artworks sent in by people from up and down the country in all types of institutions. Not just prisons, but you'll hear about that in this episode. And I realise that some of you may well be thinking that opportunities like this shouldn't be given to people in prisons. And I do understand that. I don't agree with it, but I do understand where you're coming from. But just by listening to me on this podcast, you've got living proof that art can contribute to people changing their lives and turning themselves around, and that people can change. Art can change lives. I am a born-again artist, as I've said many times. You'll hear at the end of this episode, me and Sarah start talking about Michael K. Williams, the Hollywood actor, and when me and Michael met up to talk about a project that I wanted to include him in, the artwork that I made for him, and the effect that it had on him, I do get a little bit animated. I was getting a little bit excited about the story. But I'll let you hear all of that for yourself. So I hope you enjoy episode 11 with Sarah Matave at the Kersler Trust. We're at the Kersler Trust, which is a 
What, what, what is the building here? It used to be the... So this used to be the governor's house. The so governor's when this prison house. was built, the governor would have got this house to live in. Nice. Um, so he could, you know, walk to his work in which two is, minutes. Which is, what, 20 metres from the gates of Wormwood Scrubs? Absolutely, Scrubs, Probably yeah, the most intimidating-looking yeah, prison gates there are. Yeah, and lots of films and TV shows. Namely, the Italian job. You can see um, Michael Caine yeah, walking yeah. out of the scrubs, and he walks past this building and um, past the gates. Yeah, so you can oh, see well, us in that. There you go. I think there's. I think you're going to be in a lot of a lot <laughs> of different films. The Kersler Trust. So the first question I have here: Could you explain what the Kersler Trust is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Kersler Trust has been going since 1952, and it was set up by Arthur Kersler. He experienced. Um, imprisonment himself. He was a writer, journalist, political thinker, quite a well-known person at the time, knew everybody of any merit, politicians, writers, artists. Um, Like I say, he experienced periods of imprisonment and as a writer um, he realised that being able to write was instrumental in him being Mm. able to survive that prison sentence. Um, One of those sentences he was actually under sentence of death because he was in um, Spain during the yeah. Civil War they thought he was a spy and he went on hunger strike to get pen and paper so he could write um, there was a political uh, prisoner swap and he actually made it away from that prison but he never left that feeling of what a it's like swap, like what they do with yeah, spies exactly. <laughs> so he was subjected to one of those and, um, but yeah that feeling of being you know, all liberty taken away from you and being a creative person needing to yeah. somehow keep the mind alive yeah. and free, free even though the body free, wasn't. Yeah. That stayed with him. Um, so he spent a lot of time when he was in the UK campaigning against the death penalty because obviously having been under sentence of death himself, he knew that that was just inhumane to yeah. have people, you know, um, facing uh, capital punishment like that. So, what, um, Do you know what year that was that he was trying to... Abolish it. That was in the or run up to that. So that was in the uh, the forties and fifties. He was doing that, and um, but when it became clear that the death penalty was going to come off the statute books, um, he let other kind of think- thinkers and politicians yeah. take that forward, and he began thinking about well, if people aren't going to be um, sentenced to death in the UK, they're going to be spending a lot of time in prison, and what can we do to make that? more humane and mm. he looked back on his own experience of being in prison and thought about the fact that it had been so important to him to be able to be creative so he wanted to really champion the arts um, for people in prison so he decided to set up the Kirstler Trust it wasn't just him it was a couple of other people around at the time that and also if this, helped him sorry about dates again but no. if, if this was around about what time the so this was in the 1950s early 1950s so he stated at the time that the main problem in prison is apathy, depression and gradual dehumanisation. Right, yeah. Now if that was in the 50s, now we're nearly 70 years later and people are still campaigning about those exact yeah. things. Yeah. And I think that's because there's still a big part of the public that doesn't see it as problematic no. that prison is like that. Yeah. And I think the stuff that the Cursor Trust does now is still seen as quite innovative. Mm. If you think back in the 50s, the idea, the concept came about then. How innovative was it yeah, at that point yeah. to be doing it? When they were still... You know, still yeah, they'd only just taken yeah. the death penalty off the, uh, the statute books. Um, you know, 
there was still you know slopping out I mean that was around for years and years afterwards you know so yeah absolutely so the idea of setting up an arts-based sort of intervention um, back in the 50s was quite unique Um, I mean even to this day you could imagine well I know that there are a lot of people who have a problem with helping inmates you do more than just prisoners Mm, Uh, mm. so yes right from the word go Cursor was very clear that it would be um, not just people detained in prison, but also people detained under the Mental Health Act. Mm. So people who are in a kind of forensic setting, but maybe their mental health needs are yeah. more um, and predominant. And also, so modern day deportation centres Absolutely. As well. So we also take people from immigration removal centres, mm. so their work, and um, young offenders, and also children who are in the care of the state yeah. because of an action they've committed. So secure children's homes... Um, and young people that might be under a hospital order as well. Mm. So we get as people as young as 12 and 14 putting work into Kersler. What are the different genre of arts that people can put forward to the Kersler to be in their annual show? Well, when I go into prisons, I say to people, anything creative can find a home here. Because literally, we say we've got, I think it's 52, it changes... It's around yeah. 50 different art categories. Yeah. And, um, and that can be, you know, the, the ones that we're known for, like paintings and portraits and watercolours. Um, and then there's the non-visual art things. So we've got um, short stories, autobiographies, um, poems. Um, single poem entries are our biggest okay. entry, actually. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And I think that's because people don't have to be in an education class no. to do that. So thinking right back to when Kirstler was writing, he could do that in a cell that had nothing else. Mm. He just needed that piece of paper and a pencil. And I think that's the same for so many people today, that the one thing that they can do, even if they haven't access to anything else, is probably still pen a poem yeah. and send that to us. So it is one of our biggest categories. Well, it is our biggest category. Well, when I was away you know, years ago... Um, I had some artwork taken away because they said it was subversive. They thought it was a, a sort of gang-related thing. Yeah. It was just a blown-up barb yeah. that was like A2 yeah. size. But they took that away from me. Um, well, they told me not to do it anymore, but yeah. you know, I just carried on. Carried on. Um, so they took all my art materials mm. away. And as a sort of mark of rebellion, I sort of wanted to make stuff that wasn't with art materials. Yeah. So I was using cigarette butts, mm, um, mm, roll-up butts, because mm. of different contra- the contrasting yeah. colours, um, stamps, any, anything. And, and the Absolutely. guys the guys were like rallying around to get me yeah, stuff. And yeah. I added, I put one of those into the Kersley yeah. years ago, which, yeah. which sort of done so we well. used to have a recycling category, um, and it took in so many things. You think, like, in out in the world, you think recycling is plastic bottles yeah. and bits of cardboard, but in prison it can be anything, like you say, cigarette stumps, um, moulded, uh, shaving... You know, plastic yeah, yeah, razors yeah. and things that people are slightly melted. There was a, you had a um, chair, I don't know if you was here at the time, but a few years ago, I think it was at, when you was in the ICA, um, which was, I don't know how many years ago. I think that was 2007. Oh, I exactly, think. Yeah. yeah. There was a chair made out of those yellow and white disposable yes, razors, yes, obviously without yeah. the blade in them. But Yeah, no, um, I remember that. It was amazing. So I started the Trust in 2007, so I wasn't involved in the run-up to the exhibition and embroidery um, there was a uh, that, uh, that particular one, there was a beautiful embroidery from um it oh, i can't remember which prison it was from it was a female prison but it was just just a really small it looked like a possibly a baby's quilt mm. maybe a one size it was absolutely beautiful it could have stood up yeah. in any any absolutely gathering, so know? much of the stuff could so there's so needlework is a category fashion 
craft, um, sculpture. Now, we incorporated uh, recycling into our sculpture category because our sculpture judges just wanted to get their hands on yeah, the yeah. stuff that was being seen in the recycling category because it was such a good... Raw. You know, it was just... Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was just amazing. <clears throat> so that category um, is there... We get ceramic entries. A lot of prisons still have kilns. Yeah, and we still get really good, actually, um, good artwork coming in. That's Film just been to come through as well, hasn't it? Film, in the last few we years. get some amazing animations, um, spoken word, loads of different types of music. I always, I, I was slightly shy of saying the music categories because. I'd always sound really unconvincing when yeah. I say hip hop and grime because I just don't <laughs> listen to it. But we've got, I, I am assured that we cover the music categories quite well. And then there's, there's stereotypical types of artwork which you'd think would be there being matchstick modelling yeah. and soap carving. Yeah. yeah. There was soap carving, I think it was at Speech de Bell's, which, um, when Speech de Bell curated the show which was probably three or four years ago that was in 2013 wow i know not three or four years ago make ourselves feel old i mean the soap carving is always raw because you you notice you can imagine someone with their bar of soap yeah and whatever they've used to pick away at the soap but there were some soap carvings there that were absolutely stunning there were i mean we get blown away with what people manage to do there's been people that have taken multiple bars and ground them all down and then form them into big blocks so they've got a bigger thing to to start sculpting from and we've had huge like recumbent dragons that are just you know you wouldn't know they were soap until you smelt them yeah and people who've got that experience of being in prison will smell that and go oh and my god the buttermilk so many, soap yeah, yeah. it's got so many connotations yeah. as well you yeah. Know? yeah you know cleanliness and, yeah. or yeah. cleansing the soul if you like yeah. could you tell us where the show the, the show at the moment it's on until the 4th or 5th the 4th of, November. of November yeah so it's on the 4th of till the 4th of November at Royal Festival Hall South Bank see this won't even come out until a week before the end of that oh, so. but then last week's the best week exactly I think. yeah it'll be really um, busy and it's lovely when the exhibition's got a bit of a buzz so it's at the Royal Festival Hall at the moment so as we've said it, it used to be at um, it used to be at Whiteley's um, then it went to ICA it was several places before but it's at the Royal Festival Hall yeah, now yeah and so that's free entry, so you can just go in any time between 10am and 11pm. So you've got no excuse not to, to swing by. And, and how see many artworks there. are there? Is it about so, 200? Yeah, 220. Oh, and when we say artworks, there's poetry there, there's lots of music, there's a whole wall where you can put headphones on and listen to spoken word yeah. pieces, poems being read out. Um, there's, an an, there's animations on display there. I can't remember who curated it, but there was one year when the poetry was posted in a room a purpose-built room at the back that when the lights were on you, it was it was written on the walls but you couldn't right. see it yes that's because right. it was written in luminous paint you could start to read the poems sitting on the black walls that's right we were really proud of that installation and that was by an artist called um Jeanette, who um looked at all of our award-winning poetry that year yeah and she thought about how you could display it and it was that whole idea of seeing some work when it was dark and seeing some work when it was light Um, so it's a really immersive experience because Um, I was lucky enough just to have walked in there while the lights were on 
So I didn't know what was You didn't know what was going to happen, no, yeah. There was, I don't think there was anything outside. There may have been. It wasn't too much of an explanation, because no, we wanted it to be that... A little, a little bit of uncertainty, yeah, so people yeah. weren't quite sure what was going on. The curators you've had there... Um, so we've had loads of different people, and it's important for us to get different curators because we want a different selection. We get about 7,000 artworks each year, so it's really important that a different set of eyes looks at those artworks each year and pulls out something So they different. all come to this building so they, here? So all of our curators, they have to commit to being able to come and spend spending time with the work here, mm. getting to see what's come in, and so they create a show that's based on the stuff that they've seen through. So, you know, all of the entries that come in are seen by the person that's going to curate. So we've had Sarah Lucas, as you say, um, a fantastic, um, you know, British artist, sculptor, um, you know, internationally known. Um, We've had um, Anthony Gormley last year. We had Benjamin Zephaniah the year before that. That was a good one. So that was a great exhibition. Um, So obviously his thing is words. Yeah. And... um, and what was really nice is that he came and he just sort of said, you know what, I'm not an artist, so I'm just going to respond to what I like. And I think it just made it so fresh, yeah. the things yeah. that he chose. I love that exhibition because it was such a pleasant place to be. Mm. He'd thought a lot about nature and parks and things when he'd been, he'd had experience of prison himself, and he said nature was the thing that he really missed. Um, so he wanted it to be a place where you'd want to hang out. Yeah. Um, because prison isn't a place where you want to be hanging out so he wanted to create that contrast so yeah it was a great exhibition and he put a lot of poetry into that as well but it didn't overwhelm that year the poetry didn't no no he didn't like make it at the forefront at all um no when you went in it was very much uh, visual artwork at first if you didn't know who he was Mm. before you got there and you knew he was curating yeah you may have been a bit surprised because there was a little bit more than normal but it, it wasn't wasn't overwhelming no no and I think um because it's fair to say that predominantly it is a visual arts exhibition Mm. and we want a lot of the visual artwork to be seen because we know that people respond really positively to that um and he you know we thought we give people very much a free hand and like I said although he came to us saying I don't know a lot about the visual arts he really responded to Mm. the work that he saw here and he had a lot of good reasons for selecting it. And what he did was he grouped the poems that he wanted to showcase at the back of the exhibition and made sort of like a speaker's corner, yeah. as it were. He wanted them all to be there, kind of shouting and, yeah. um, and speaking and having a voice at the back of the exhibition, which was, which was really nice to see. The one this year is curated by... Prisoners' Families. Excellent. So when I first started the Trust, a lot of our curators curators were done in groups so I worked with a group in 2009 that were um, women from Downview Prison that came out on Rottle and the year after that we actually had a group of people who'd been victims of crime do the curation and we'd always thought you know what the other group that would have a really interesting perspective is prisoners families because we know from doing the awards um that people will say you know i told my mum i won an award i sent her my certificate or we have family days at the exhibition where prisoners families who've got work on display Mm. the families come along and we welcome them we do a lunch we do tours we do photographs of them with the work um and we know chatting to them how important it is to have something really positive to celebrate so we knew they'd have a really interesting perspective, but we'd had all these great curators lined up, and we were like, when are we going to get to do this curation? And we thought it would be a big contrast to Anthony Gormley, um, Anthony Gormley's last year, 
but we decided to, to go for it yeah, in 2018. Um, so we selected the families um, from families that we kind of already knew of, um, and that was because we do work through our mentoring project where we help people carry on with the arts mm. post-release. So there were a few people that we could approach through that and say, would your family be interested? We were also, because we do family days at all of our exhibitions, we yeah. met some families um, at an exhibition we had at First Sight down in Essex, um, an exhibition called Chip Night, and we spoke to some families there and asked them if they'd like to do it. It was important to us that we had, we wanted families, the families to be people that were supporting somebody that was creative, because we knew that that creativity was a real link and something quite positive that the yeah. family and the person in prison were kind of... Um, riffing off of in there, mm. you know, it was something that they talked about on visits and something that they shared and something that they knew was um, they wanted to sort of c- carry on with. Um, so they were all families with that as a link and they had, they were all families with someone or well, who was in prison or had been in prison, that yeah. was a link. But apart from that, they were all completely different. So, you know, there were family from Birmingham that consisted of a mum, a sister and a little uh, eight-year-old nephew. So would they have all had to come here and go through the art world? Absolutely. So each family grouping came to the house on their own day um, and they looked through the work. And how we did it was we we worked with them beforehand to try and get them thinking about not a theme, but more of a starting point for what their selection is. And and if I can just butt in here, the building we're in is quite a large building, Mm. but with 7,000 artworks in, I mean, I've been here when it's full, and it is literally absolutely full to the rafters how you have never seen art before. I love it. It's like a patchwork quilt of art is how I describe it. It's amazing. Yeah. And so what we would do is we had conversations with the families beforehand. So, for example... Um, one of our curators was a lady called Janet whose son had been in prison and we spoke to her about um, her experience of supporting him through his prison sentence and one out of that conversation um, that she had with our um, arts director here she said that one of the things that had really helped her she'd been able to use the email a prisoner scheme but being able to email a lot it was still difficult to write those emails because, yeah. you know, you're trying, you know, his inside, your outside, what do you constantly talk about? And um, so she found this book of inspirational quotes and she would use each yeah, day, yeah, yeah. each to quote as a different those, thing yeah. to sort of just start off from make where she was going. Yeah, yeah, to get her thinking as something different, <coughs> to make sure that she was being positive for her son. And um, so she sort of said, that's something that was really important to me. Mm. And um, so we started off trying to help her think about the work that she might select based on the fact that this has been something quite important to her. So a lot of her selection is visual artworks that actually still incorporate really important messages or words Mm. within them. Um, It was really important to her that, you know, the work said more than just, you know, being visually pretty. She wanted it to have sort of poignant messages in it. So that was sort of like her starting point. So prior to her coming here, our arts team, who know the work so well, because they've unpacked it, they've logged it all in, they've hung it up in the building, they began thinking about work that she might respond to. But when Janet came, she still had a free hand to wander around the other rooms and go, you might not have long-listed this one for me, but I love that, and it came in. So there's a piece in the exhibition, uh, Laurel and Hardy sculpture from HMP Park, this incredible, it's really good. We often get Laurel and Hardy's coming in, and, um, and she chose that because she just said, you know what, 
that was something me and my son we used to both watch Laurel and Hardy films yeah. and really laugh and that's something that's a real moment for me and she came up with the quote that we put underneath it which is that's another fine mess you've got yeah. me into which again <laughs> you know it's like yeah. you know because she wanted also there to be humor coming yeah. through um, so again it's like it's really nice it's not like an obvious why that's selected yeah, yeah. it's not you know they're not they're not all pictures in the exhibition of mothers holding sons or people missing each yeah, other yeah the artwork isn't always well, all of the artwork is extremely powerful it's the most mm. powerful exhibition you know I may be a little bit biased because I've spent years in there but when I every year I just try and push people into the exhibition mm. because there's oh, well, so much you. power coming off the walls mm. there the ones that are sad they are really bloody yeah. sad, some yeah. of them, you know. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. likewise, the ones that are looking for freedom, you can almost feel the freedom yes. that they're trying yeah. to portray, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about it is you can walk around an exhibition, especially this year, and you can see every human emotion. Yeah. So you can see real sadness as a pencil drawing of a mother holding a baby up against her skin yeah. and you can just imagine you know someone's talking about not being present yeah. that's that's quite a powerful image and incredibly well drawn but then there's really funny humorous pieces yeah. you know and and they just make you laugh and smile then there's ones with political messages in them yeah. um there's ones that are really trying to like tell you something or shout yeah. you know they the, the voice of the, the person that's created it. And it's, really it's not usually, important. even when I've looked, been around these rooms when they're full to the rafters, there's nothing there with any anger or violence or. No, not at all. People often ask us about um, censoring the work yeah. and filtering and things. And, you know, we get sometimes pieces that come in that you would think, wow, I can't believe the prison service signed that off. But yeah. not because they're violent or sexually explicit. But because maybe they're mocking the prison system. Yeah. And actually, I think that is a credit to the prison yeah, system yeah. Um, that they are willing to let work that might be challenging to how they operate yeah. um, be shown. So, for example, we had some pieces a few years back that showed prison officers, uh, a male and a female prison officer, it was two separate pieces, incredibly well-drawn caricatures, and they were in uniform from the waist up but below they yeah, were yeah, and the yeah. woman had like suspenders on yeah. and the man had these really awful boxes on and um, you know you could imagine that they might have just gone they're not going out you know they're making a mockery of you know yeah, wing I stuff I didn't but... even know that he got censored at the jail yeah well it it doesn't to a certain extent because art tutors can so it's not a censoring process yeah. it's whether it's um, it's whether it's you know it's okay for it to come out yeah um, and I, I don't know how much gets censored in regards to whether there's people that said, well, I've created something and I've not been able to get it to Kerslow. I don't hear a lot of that. We yeah. get a lot of letters from people. And it's very rare that we get people saying, I couldn't send in my entry, yeah. I was told I couldn't. Because I think people really want to put in good artwork and they're not trying to do anything, they're not trying to circumvent anything yeah. by doing well, it. I know from my own experience, when you know that you're putting something into the Kerslow, it is, it is quite a long process between... Producing it and then hearing that you're in it or hearing that you've been given an award or a prize. Yeah, or getting your feedback. It is quite a long time. It is, yeah. But but that is beautiful that you've got that anticipation because that keeps your mind occupied. And then when you get a little certificate back to Mm. say that you've won this award or that you've got a silver or a bronze or that you've even won a cash prize. Yeah. The the, the cash is irrelevant. It's nice, Mm. you know, to have that come in... Yeah, but it's it's just that you feel so 
useless while you're in there yeah and then just to feel that you are that society even has Mm. sort of Mm. saying you know you're you know we can still recognize you we enjoyed seeing this this was something that was important there is prize money goes to some yes that's right so there's two there's two streams of money that can go to an entrant one is prize money so if you win a platinum award and there's platinum awards available in most categories Mm. Um, that's £100 prize money. So in the category of painting, which is a big category, there's a number of platinum awards up for grabs. Um, And then under that, there's gold, silver and bronze. So bronze is £20. So um, people can also put their work up for sale. And if the work goes in the exhibition, obviously the prices will will put the price up for them because if it's being seen by 20,000 plus people in Royal Festival Hall... Mm. Um, it becomes desirable. So we want to make sure that we get the artist a fair price. Um, And when we sell artwork, the artist gets 50%, victim support gets 25%, and Cursor takes 25%. Um, We don't sell actually to make money. Money, Selling isn't profitable for Cursor because of the cut we get, which is 25%. And if you think we're still having to work in that really archaic way, because we're dealing with people in prison, by writing checks and sending everything back by snail mail and everything, it really only covers the admin of it. Especially because a lot of the work that doesn't make it to exhibition isn't attracting those higher prices. And it it also softens the blow to any argument that prisoners shouldn't be getting money um like earning mm, while they're inside mm. it's been accepted for a long time yeah. i think right back from when kersler set up the um the scheme he just sort of said this is what my vision is is that we have this you know award scheme and there'll be prizes and money and work can be sold yeah it was just how he sort of conceived of it and I think because it's been going for so long even though we've had people like Chris Grayling as Home Secretary and things you might not sign it off now the fact that we've got this history of doing this Mm. um, means that you know various Home Secretaries even the most punitive ones have carried let's carry on doing what we do Um, yeah and I think you're right I think there's lots of way that you can feel um, validation as an artist and it could be getting that feedback it could be getting a certificate it could be learning that your work's gone on a gallery wall it could be the fact that the work's been sold that someone wants to put that on their um, wall at home but you mentioned here about feedback that's a really good thing that you do at the exhibition is you've got plenty of feedback forms there and if you like an artwork you can write down the each artwork has got a number you can write down the number, and then give a little feedback, which goes directly, or not directly, but that your actual feedback, that the form card. goes yeah. to the prisoner himself, which is a massive lifeline yeah. in there. Absolutely. I mean, that, that wasn't happening when I was No, no, so that I was, was a newer there. thing that we started doing in about the last five or six years, and we carry on with it just because we know what a wonderful experience it is for somebody, yeah. especially because we tend to get them two people just around that Christmas period and so you know imagining somebody sat in their cell and they get this wad of cards and they can read them through and um, we worked with somebody a few years back who was somebody whose work had obviously been exhibited he'd been mentored by us he'd won platinum awards he had all these positive experiences and he said to me Sarah, the thing that meant the most to me was those feedback cards. Because even though judges had said my work was great, the idea that people who'd walked around an exhibition and had just taken time 
to write feedback when they didn't have to yeah. I mean, they meant have to so much. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> and, and it was it was the fact that there was this quantity of them and that people had responded to and it. Last in a very year, someone who made an artwork out of the absolutely, out of the cards, yeah, yeah, they? to show what they'd meant yeah. to him. Um, absolutely, they're so important, um, and I know uh, we hear all the time that they've helped yeah. people get because I know the year it came in, I was I'll, I'd go in to do portrait workshops in yeah. in jails. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd always say to guys, you know, sort of enter the, the cursor, no matter what it is, whether it's you know visual, you know, whatever. And one of them had, and he was so buzzing. A year later, mm. when I what, when I saw him again, at, funnily enough, at another prison, he was so buzzing about these cards. Oh, that's that great he got to back. hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, it is great, and we really push for it. Um, so we have hosts working at the exhibition. Um, they're people that we bring on into the team who all have lived experience of being in prison. So mm. we've been doing that since 2013 and we train a group of sort of six to seven people to work in the exhibition and talk about the artworks. They know all about it. So if you do go down to the exhibition, try and speak to one of the hosts because they can tell you so much about the yeah. artwork. But they're all pushing the feedback cards mixed? as well. All people who've, yeah, who've got experience of being in prison. Yeah. And um, some of them are and artistic. Do tours as well. Yeah, they do tours. So. They do tours. You can ask them to give you a tour, and there's set public times for the tours as well. But they're happy to just chat about the artwork. Yeah. Um, some of them are quite artistic themselves, um, so you know they're loving the, the chance to work in a really creative space yeah. like South Bank. Um, and some of them are people that are really just you know looking to get back on the employment ladder. Yeah. Um, and we know it's a really important project for that because. It offers them a really good reference at the end. Mm. Um, it's a great CV. Um, you know, and they get looked there. after well down there as well. Yeah, they? they do. Yeah, it's a really nice team at South Bank that really welcome them on board. And actually, a lot of the South Bank team now are ex-Kersler hosts. Yeah, so they've employed quite a few of our hosts over the yeah. years. Um, and there's still someone working down there who worked with us on our first project. Nice. And he got a job at the end, and yeah. he's still there. Um, which I really pleased about because I go there probably at least three times every year and like yeah and I speak to the guys down there yeah. um, you know by the end when I'm walking in they you know give me a yeah. sort of a yeah. hello Gary how are yeah. you you know Great. Um, and I've, I've, I've got sort of mates or, or same mates I've kept in touch with a couple mm, of guys mm. on um, like Facebook and yeah, yeah, yeah. and Twitter you know where they've followed me for stuff that I'm yeah. doing you know and one of the guys last year Erica she was in the show. Was it last year or the year before when she Erica was in the show? Erica had work in last year, yeah. Um, I, I was putting a show together for the Katie Piper Foundation. And as well as having like Sarah Lucas, Gavin Turk, I also wanted people from areas that I enjoy working with, being prisoners and, and homeless, which I had, had those guys in. But I picked a few artworks and hopefully I tried to sort of... Um, get in, t- in touch via the cursor with, with the artist um, and Erica was one of those and she was in my last show and I've sort of been in touch with her since you know, we was hoping to get her on here today but she wasn't sort of uh, she's not available not I think available. she's got an opening tonight she her. has so whilst Erica was in prison she um, did drew a postcard for every day yeah. that she was inside and um, they're being shown for the first time. And she puts them up on social media every day. She does, well, yeah. So you can find her on Facebook and um, and it's a real glimpse of uh, prison life. And I think one of the things that I like about it is, and what I see a lot when I go around different prisons, is everyone's prison experience is so different. Yeah. And there'll be people who might have spent a good 10 
12 years in yeah. prison that will look at her cards and not recognise any aspect of their yeah. own imprisonment in that. Although hers was so in, different. Hers were mainly in Holloway, weren't they? Exactly, which yeah. Is no longer a prison. No anymore. longer around. But there was one that she done, which when I got out was a thing that it took me a long time to wean off. It was just, she, I can't remember what it said, but it, it, it was just someone in a queue mm. saying what we're queuing for. And the yeah. other said, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what, when we was in there, you, you see more than three people in a yeah. line and then you get the back of it because you, you, know, you want to get, <laughs> get something. Yeah. Yeah. But, like out here as well. I mean, I wouldn't get in queues. No, but, but you'd be interested yeah, to know what, like, what's that about. <laughs> I'd be like going to the front and yeah. like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, so those little snapshots of prison life, really interesting. Yeah. I think even more interesting now because obviously Holloway's closed down and it's sort of you know like worm and scrubs is quite iconic as a london prison yeah. when do you right so the show's on at the moment yeah it started in started on of, the 17th of september uh, open to the public on the 18th runs through to the 4th of november and then when the show comes down we start putting all the all the work that came into our awards this year together so we've had entries come to us um by the april deadline um, and they've either stayed in this building or gone off to various exhibitions throughout the year. And all of that work, if the artist has said they want it back, we then need to return it. So we have this big returns process that begins happening over Christmas. So we package all that artwork up and we return it um, to the establishments it came from or the individuals who sent it in. That's a huge undertaking because it's not just all 2D work. It's yeah. sculptures, it's you know delicate ceramics. All of that has to be safely returned. We're also at this point in time mailing out all our certificates and feedback to our entrants, um, making sure they get that. And soon we'll be um, also, if work sold, sending the uh, sales checks to people so they get their money from. And sales. then once it's done here, yeah, it doesn't tour as such. It doesn't. No, we the work, artwork doesn't. No, but you do do something elsewhere. So we we have regional shows. So our late, late, next one of those, um, which is a new venue for us, we're going to Turner Contemporary down in Margate. Oh, nice. Yeah, really good. It's such a lovely venue, really, you know, big space. Um, and we've not been down that part of the UK before. So we're going to have a show down there in the spring. Um, and that will be work from this year's award scheme. So we're holding some back from returning yeah. it because it'll get a chance to be shown there. And who will be curating that then? No, that's quite an interesting uh, curation. We have people who are working with um, probation down in that part of the country. So people on probation are going to be making that selection. Um, So there's going to be a group of people that are either on a community sentence or are out of prison and still doing a community part of their sentence. And they're going to be working with a facilitator who's going to help them think about what they want yeah, to say through yeah. their exhibition. I think it will be a really interesting one because it's such an interesting um, place yeah. to showcase the work. Do you think you'd be able to, or have you ever had victims of crime? Yes, we did. We had victims of crime in 2010. Um, so we we worked with um, a group of about, I think it was seven people that had all been victims of crime in various ways um, we had Ray and Vi uh, Donovan who do a lot of work in prison still because yeah. they lost their son um, and they curated so people who you know been quite serious victims of crime mm. to people who had um, you know suffered harassment 
um, you know, people all ends of the spectrum. And they, they did a group curation project that year. So they, they, they worked together. And how did together. they find it on a personal aspect? I think they found it really interesting. And actually a lot of them stayed in touch with us um, for a number of years afterwards because they found it quite a rewarding mm. experience. I wouldn't want to speak on their behalf, but I think it's helpful for them. I think it's not always helpful for everybody who's been a victim of crime. And I think for some people our exhibition might be you know feel too difficult to yeah. come along to but I think for people that are maybe curious about maybe what happens to someone who has committed an offence um, you do get a taste of what prison's like by walking through our exhibition Definitely. because you see Definitely. lots of representations of prison cells um, and you see the impact it can have on mm. people so I think that it can help sort of think about that and also just get that sense of you know, although that person might have done something that means that they're completely and utterly unable to forgive that person, they can still see that people in prison are still humans, yeah. you know, that, that, they, that even though the act might have been something that they, they can't forgive, there's still yeah. another whole side to people um, that's, that's kind of curious and yeah. interesting. Um, well, I've gone to a lot of, lot of galleries... But in the Kursler, that is one where I will always mm. just try and push someone for a conversation because mm. I want to see what their reactions are yeah, to this type of art. Mm. We have a visitor's book in our exhibition and people do stumble across our exhibition. As you say, uh, a lot of people come because they come every year, but some people, because it's white slap bang in the middle of London by the Hayward Gallery, people wandering because they see an exhibition. And so you do get these comments in the visitor's book where people have really been challenge by what they've seen and in a good way you know mm. that they it's made them think about something um and that's why i would say you know we're not we're not looking to condone or condemn but even if they doing. haven't liked even if they haven't got yeah. the message it's, <coughs> it's still a good thing that they've gone in there and give it a bit of consideration absolutely i think it's really important that even if you are going to leave and say i don't think people should be doing art which not many people do leave thinking yeah. that, but even if you went in there with that mindset, you should at least be conscious that what of what happens in prison. I think yeah. you know we often forget that prisons are part of our community. They're not, you know, when people say they're doing the community part of their sentence, I always think that's weird because prisons a community. Yeah. You know, yeah. prison is in our community. You know, in Acton where we sit now, that prison isn't somehow not part of them. It's part of what mm. we do. As you'd say, a school is in a community. So why would you not say? Yeah. A prison is, and um, and I think we should all have an interest in what's happening well, behind speaking those to doors. An artist called Bob Osborne, who grew up around here. Yeah. Um, on the, it was a, I think it was the third podcast that, I, that mm. I'd done. He grew up around here, and his his parents were, or his father was rag and bone man. Okay. And he was saying that when he went to school, the headmaster or, or one of the the people there said that you was born in the hospital, you come to this school. And you'll end up in the prison. Oh, it was saying it was like yeah. some sort of act and triangle. Yeah, and, the you know. act and triangle. Well, I heard that. <laughs> Which a lot of people did. Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's yeah, the hospital was just next door, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. When does the new work yeah, start so arriving? This Christmas, we'll be getting out and entry forms for 2019. So people can start 
creating their entries. We, I mean, we know that people have already started because yeah. people do. They, they get their entries in in April, they start on the next yeah. one. We get stuff that's been taken a year to produce. But a lot of the work we know is produced between sort of Christmas and April. Oh, and it is people also on probation yeah, as well, absolutely. isn't it? Which I don't yeah. think you mentioned. No, and sometimes people aren't aware of that. We have people that have entered for a number of years and they'll yeah. be like, this is my last year, I'm out. And you're they're like, still yes. under the prison umbrella while they're on probation. Absolutely, yeah, and they're still restricted in certain yeah. things that they can do. So no, you can still enter if you're seeing a probation officer. I mean, I wasn't aware of that, which is a bloody shame, because I was, at art, I was at, uh, doing an art degree mm. while I was on parole, and I was yeah. on parole throughout my entire yeah, thing, you know, yeah. and, and you know that's because we it's difficult to get the word out there yeah. um, but we, we try and you know hopefully but I was still coming every year you know yeah and it's missed I know it is missed um, so it's not a huge proportion of our entrance of people on probation Although but it is growing that people on probation are so bloody pleased to be free they're yeah gonna... yeah and although you know there are a lot of people that it's been so positive getting involved yeah. in creativity inside be that right thing there is so many creative people yeah inside. absolutely and especially when you're penned in like that as well mm. and you're the creativity and even the, the smallest bit of creativity in people just blooms and blossoms yeah. you know yeah yeah and people don't want to lose that when they come out so a lot of people do carry on um but yeah i mean those maybe whilst that period if they're not on probation for too long um, that can still be quite an unsettled time yeah. so maybe that is when they're not actually producing artwork which is when our mentoring scheme can kick in because we'll try and help that person individually to yeah. so find ways mentoring to carry schemes. on who can be a mentor if you're a mentor what we ask for as mentors so they work for us voluntarily um, a lot of them are practicing artists and writers we ask that they have at least sort of um, five years experience in the arts and that could be working in the arts or it could be as a professional artist or a very committed amateur artist. Mm. We've got people who are art teachers, um, we've got people who have their own exhibitions, we've got published writers, playwrights, university professors who teach stage play um, a real mixture of people are mentors. And their role would be? So their role is, we, we have a training with them, but what we say is the mentoring they provide is very bespoke and it's based on the individual we give them to work with. And the individuals are people who, who are coming out of prison, who are really keen to carry on with the arts post-release. But that could be in any way. It could be a 20-year-old who wants to go to art school. It could be a 50-year-old who wants to go to art school. It could be somebody who doesn't want to do any education but just wants to have someone to go to galleries with, um, get involved in the different sort of networks out in their new community. Sometimes if you're not going back to where you're from, knowing where you can go and do arts, how you can get resources, um, what kind of things that you can do for free. Um, it could be helping somebody get a CV together, kind of creative CV together to get volunteer work or paid work. Mm. Um, we had somebody recently who was being mentored in performance and they did loads of little kind of um, internships while their mentoring was happening just to kind of sample what it's like to work in the creative industries. So yeah. They were doing stage running, they were doing little bits of directing, um, you know, loads of different things just to sort of get a sense of what it is they wanted to do. Mm. They were working as a extra, they got you know, painted on to have wounds, yeah. you know, in a zombie <laughs> film. And so it could be something like that. It could be very focused around one thing like employment. Or it could just be to sort of say, you know what, you loved art inside. You were sitting in an art class where you had people 
who were really interested in what you were doing and maybe an art teacher giving you some direction as mm. to what to do. And you come out and you don't have that anymore. Yeah. And the mentor can really be that substitute person that can pay serious attention to what you want to do creatively. Because mm. it's quite a brave act to come out and say, you know what, I'm now interested in art yeah. and I'd really like to see where to go. I'm, I think I could be quite good. Mm. And that's a brave thing to say to a family member or a friend if you've never had that interest before. Yeah. So a mentor that's going to take what you've just said seriously and say, okay, let's see what I can help you with. Yeah. It could be some technical development. It could be finding you some you know, um, classes you could go to. It could be a university course it could be getting you an exhibition um it could be getting you in touch with other um other writers or artists mm. um that are lo- working locally could be looking at getting you somewhere where you can do your work um you know studio space that's access um accessible all of those things but it's about someone just sort of saying you know what i take what you're saying seriously because yeah. it's so difficult and or well, i found that transgression extremely hard because even while i was in there i was i've decided on the 18th of April 2008, that I was going to stop crying and go for head towards a degree, which yeah. I still had another three years before I was three or four years before mm. I was even released. But it was at that point when I said that I'm going to stop point. crying. Yeah. And honestly, it's like how I imagine I refer to myself sometimes jokingly as a born again artist <laughs> because it's how I. It was your epiphany. Uh, yeah, it's when I mean there are people in their return to religion, and, and they say that at the moment they accepted whatever God they chose yeah. to accept, mm. that they felt this release off their shoulders. Yeah. And I always thought it was a little bit of an exaggeration. Mm. And, but the, the the exact day when I said, "That's it, I'm done," and it was, I was floating back to yeah. myself that yeah. that day. It was yeah. it was quite amazing. Yeah, no, I can believe it. It's brilliant. But then it's hard. To say to share that with others, yeah, because yeah. you feel like, well, everyone there is you're all you're in a big group, you're mm. in a big like we said earlier, yeah. you are in a community, yeah. and you're sort of pulling yourself out of that community yeah. while you're inside yeah. the communities. It's a, it is a really hard mm. thing to do. Mm. Um, it's a hard thing to do in life anyway. I mean, oh, I, I I'm quite creative, but I wasn't from a family very supportive family very loving family but a family where you did vocational stuff yeah. you know my parents hadn't gone to university so the idea of saying that I might, might have wanted to do an arts degree yeah. would have been like well, what do you do with that that's not something you could yeah. do anything so I didn't have confidence to say that I'd have liked to have done that and I you know choose something it is, else it is when I could see the, the relevance of like AA meetings where you have to stand up and say, yeah. I am an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, I, you know, stand up and saying, I am an artist. Mm. And I've mentioned this a few times that when, because I was, and I still live in, in the middle of, of, of two different roads, you know, because mm. although I don't mix with active criminals anymore, mm. a lot of my friends are still ex-criminals, yeah. you know. Um, and for me to say to them, I'm an artist... Is just as strange as when I meet new people and I say I used to be a prisoner. Yeah. You know they can't. They see the the me that yeah, they know. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And to try and get that, it, it's it's a real hard thing. It is. It is. And actually, a lot of research around why people can move away from crime is about helping people relabel themselves. And, and the thing is, it's so bloody easy. I know we, we're moving off of the subject yeah. here. It's so easy to get someone off of them tracks. Yeah. The hard thing is that not only am I a criminal, uh, you know, uh, if I, you know, if I still was, my friends are all criminals. Mm. 
a lot of your family may be, if they're not criminals, they may sort of not object to it yeah. too much, you know. And every, it's just your whole life, you're in the middle of everything that is crime. And as soon as you can step out of that, or even to the boundary of it, mm. and see that you can be accepted in another mm. community, mm. It's, it's the acceptance Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, yeah, giving yourself a new identity. And the art world is fucking brilliant, sorry. The art world <laughs> is brilliant at accepting anyone there's Absolutely. anyone in the yeah. art world it yeah. is such and not just visual arts obviously mm. but just all of the arts and and the thing is I found because I'd walk into the art world a little bit and I still do get it with my head down a bit sort mm. of like ashamed of even though my past wasn't so much my mm. doing mm. I sort of walk into the art world a bit with my head down and you have like Sarah Lucas would sort of she wouldn't physically put her finger under yeah. my chin and tell me to lift my chin up but you know when I, f- I first met Sarah at um, um, Tim Noble and Sue Webster's private view in Milton Keynes mm. years and years ago when I was at university and I wrote to Sarah Sarah was one of the first artists um, from the Brit art she was one, one of the first to write to me and I wrote to her a few times um, and then when it came to meeting her she was at the top of, of the stairs in this gallery and I went up and I was so sheepish and I just went up and I went hi Sarah she was just standing there with a pint of beer yeah. and I went hi Sarah and she went oh hello you're right and I went um, hopefully you'll remember me my name's Gary Mansfield and she went Gary oh, you know, oh it was brilliant and, and that, but that's how I found most people in the yeah. art world you know when I introduced myself to Anthony Gormley mm. um, he gave me an email address told me to send my CV into to his studio because you, you're entering their world and, and they're saying, you know, we're all, we're yeah. all together. It's here, a real act of courage to go up to those people. And I hate sometimes, it. yeah. I absolutely yeah. hate so it. So sometimes it is about working with, you know, some people, the help of a mentor can help them think about how to yeah. do that. Because anybody can be over. I mean, I'm like, wow, you did that. Well done. Because yeah. I get daunted going up to people and sort of introducing myself. And, um, and it's, it's an incredibly. I mean, great it, is, act. it is handy for me because. If I was just a, a bloke who worked, I don't know, as a, a butcher or a builder, mm. you know, and I, I, and I was into art, because I say I'm Gary Mansfield, I was the one in prison, mm. they haven't had many contacts with people mm. in jail, mm. and especially ones that was so eager to learn like I was, you yeah, know, absolutely. corresponding mm. with them and that. Um, the dog, in, I, this is, I, I meant to mention the dog earlier, sitting in the room, he's a bulldog, with a pink boa around his neck. That That's was right. the focus of two years ago. Yeah, so he ago. was um, the poster image. That is a proper for... digression from yeah, where it was. So, just, yeah, it's this amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a bulldog violery thing. Um, uh, yeah, so he was the poster image for an exhibition we had at Birmingham Mac Absolutely love him. He actually got sold, but the person never collected him. I think they oh. fell in love with him bought him and then thought hang on a minute where do I keep this two foot high dog in and a it, pink boa it has to be a him as well doesn't yeah. it yeah it wouldn't work if it was a her and it also um as you say it was showcased in London as well so we had an exhibition in 2014 that was curated by a group of um ex-prisoners who had all been mentored by us and they all had their own section of the exhibition and he appeared in that exhibition as well and I think the message is, you know, it's like that whole, some of these dogs, certain dogs get a really bad press yeah. because of the way they look and they're actually 
lovely dogs. That's a similar dog breed to what our director of the arts has. She has a dog called Patsy, and she says people sort of shy away from her dog. (laughs) And it's the loveliest, friendliest, soppiest dog in the world. And it's that whole thing of like, you know, what can I do to make people not judge me? And he's got this sort of soppy pink feather boa on him. And um, yeah, I think it's a good message, really. Well, on a similar sort of note to that, I met up with... Have you ever seen The Wire? Yes, I love The right. Wire. Now, right. now, you know Michael K. Williams, the guy with a big scar down his yes. face? Yes, yeah. Right. Now, that's, I don't know if you know. Omar. That's Omar, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's an actual scar. That's yes, not makeup. Yeah. Now, yeah. I didn't know that at the time until I saw him in something else yeah, yeah. where he had the scar. Now, so I met up with, with Michael when he was filming in London and um, I was going to use him as a, in, a, in a piece of work. Oh, wow. So, we were talking about... Yeah his scar mm. and he dresses how you imagine a guy in New York to dress yeah. you know, he sort of he has the baseball yeah. cap he has the yeah. long he dresses yeah. like Omar yeah. you know yeah. he, when I was down Knightsbridge waiting sure. for him he come walking along and you could see him a yeah, mile off yeah, you know yeah. and he's got the, a swagger of confidence yeah he's quite a tall guy as well yeah, he, yeah. good looking fella annoyingly good looking fella <laughs> come walking towards me big mile, uh, miles bar, big scar down the face and uh, anyway, we've got him, we're around the coffee, we're having a chat, and he's talking about his scar. Mm. Now, a lot of people in the wire, a lot of the actors, were from in and around the area. They I were ex-criminals that, yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. villains and whatnot. Michael wasn't. He was from the area. Mm. He lived in, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the projects he lived in, but he was in the projects. Yeah. But he was a choreographer, yeah, that's a dancer right. for um, dancer. Crystal Waters. yeah. yeah. And um, it was on his 25th birthday that they was all having a, they was out for a drink mm. on his 25th. One of his friends was in an argument outside, or being accosted by mm. a couple of guys. He's gone over to stop his friend getting beaten mm. up. The guys turned around and slashed him, him down the face. And it's literally from his forehead yeah, to his yeah. chin, diagonally down his face. And he was saying that um, when people see him, like a, a black man walking down the street with a big scar on his face... Yeah. They are instantly intimidated. Yeah. He said, and I'm the most unintimidating yeah, person yeah. ever. So it's all just the visual. The choreographer. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, and this is how we this is how I ended up working with the Katie Piper Foundation. Yes. Is that we was talking about him being a black man with a big scar, and when people see that they are intimidated. Yeah. Whereas if they was to see a female with the same scar, mm. they'd feel a bit of sympathy yeah. or empathy yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they view him in a certain Absolutely, different thing. yeah. And that's when I said about Katie Piper, you know, mm. uh, well, he was going on about the the degrees of scarring, and, and I mentioned Katie, which he didn't know, started talking about it. And funny enough, that's how the project oh, that I was going to work with, yeah. Michael, moved away to the project I ended up working with the Katie Piper mm. Foundation. Mm. But that's just like this dog, you know. You Absolutely, it's about that fact that it's... Stick a boa on it, and yeah. it's no longer intimidating. Yeah. Or just the fact that, you know, we, we judge things too quickly mm. and it's, you know, that dog is demonstrating the frustration of being judged just on how he looks. Well, I'll, I'll probably sort of digress then because I, I, I didn't know where Oh, no, I'm throat. always happy to talk about <laughs> Oh, my God, I'm still, still sad that he got shot at the end. He was going to be in my, in my show. Uh, I was going to be... There was a show about scarring and how we perceive people yeah. with scars. And I said to him, would he be a part of it? And he said, he's not into art, he doesn't know art, mm. but... He hasn't got any artwork. Mm. He'll be in it if I do him an artwork. Oh. So that was going to be the, yeah, the trade-off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've done him this mirror, and it turns out where he's from, 
um, in Brooklyn. Mm. Um, there's a road that goes diagonal and it's the opposite way to his scar. Oh. All of, like America, all goes mm. diagonal and horizontal, mm. but there's this ra- diagonal road in Flatbush. It kind of mirrors the exactly. scar. Exactly. So I, oh, I thought, well, I was looking, because I just wanted to have a look at this. So did he know about that road mirroring or did no, you work that out? No, I showed him. Oh, wow. And, oh, this is a beautiful story, right? So this may <laughs> not even end at this, right? So this one's... But, so we were sitting in the coffee shop mm. and... Now, he, he sees his scar the wrong way around to how we yeah, see course. it because he looks in a mirror. Yeah. So I'm looking, I've gone onto Google Earth and I'm looking around mm. um, Flatbush where he grew up. I'm going, which is now gentrified. Yeah. It was all looking yeah. nice then, yeah. but he was saying how much of a dump mm. it was, you know. Um, so I'm going around, I'm, I'm walking around the streets on, on Google mm-hmm. Earth, you know, street view. Then I've come out, and I've, as soon as I've come out of Flatbush, I've just seen this diagonal road, wow. which is, and I've, I've looked at the picture of him, and I thought, oh, that's in the opposite direction. Yeah. But then I thought, well, if he's I looking mean, into a mirror, yeah, it's going to be the same. Sees, yeah. So what I've done, excuse me, I flipped the image of him mm. in Photoshop and placed it underneath Flatbush, oh, which is that he's, he's so proud. His, his, his Instagram yeah. page is um, Brooklyn Boy Made Good, BM. Yeah, so Being his roots are important yeah. to them, yeah. Right, so I want to do something with Flatbush and Brooklyn. Yeah. So I've laid this map, I've, I've blown him up so that his, this map, yeah. the grid of this map went over him and it was nigh on perfect. But I've done it on this ornate mirror and when I've been talking to him, he was saying about how his aunt he used to go into his aunt's house and there'd be all these um, kitsch gold and bronze trying to make herself look as though she's got a few quid you know but it was really kitsch and I found this kitsch oval mirror Mm. and I've I put the map on there and I've just done the map exactly normal and I took it down to him and I said this is I said it's a portrait but it's a conceptual portrait and he's looking at it and he's going okay Gary and I didn't go and do the accent he's so fucking caught in a room he went he went okay Gary he said but I'm looking but all I can see is me I went that's good I said it's a conceptual portrait he went it's a map he went he's, I said how many times you've seen this map he said I've seen this map hundreds of times I said you can't see your reflection in this I said you are you are yeah. Flatbush Flatbush is you and then I had a little drawing of the, or I had the map of yeah. Flatbush that I bought and I'd done a drawing of him over the top of this actual yeah. bit and I said to him, there was a little sports centre, yeah. sports ground. I went, put your left eye in that sports ground. So he's put it in there. I've, I've ended up bringing this map out. I went, look, this is what you're looking at. Yeah. Look at Flatbush, Flatbush Avenue. And that's what, what I'd called it. Yeah. I'd called it Flatbush Ave, like we could yeah, say yeah. Ave. Flatbush Ave in you. Yeah. So I'd showed him this map. And then he's looked at the map. And then he's looked at this the, the mm. mirror. And then he's adjusted his mirror. Uh, sorry, he's adjusted his reflection yeah. in his mirror. He's looked at my map again. He's put the map down. He's held the mirror with both yeah. hands. And then he just looked at it and his eyes welled up. Oh. And he went, oh, Gary, man, that covers my scar. Oh. And then his eyes welled up and then he just... Oh, he put the mirror yeah. down on the table. He went, I've just got to go to the toilet. Oh, my God. And then he got up and walked out. And I was like... I'm yeah. Doing it now, really. I was, oh and I went. I just went. I'm sorry, Michael. And he went. And that's when he went. I just got to go to the toilet. Oh I'm God. trying to do his accent again. Yeah. Then he just walked out. Oh and went to the, well, he pulled the hanky out as he went to the yeah. toilet. And I thought, fuck, I've been. Sorry. I thought well, I pushed it too far, yeah. and I wasn't even trying to no, get an emotion. No, 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 no. I just, no. I just knew it was a good yeah. piece of work. Yeah. 
and he walked away and he just he, and he went can I have that and I went yeah and and uh, oh and then he contacted me later on that day I was at the Kersler I was outside oh. the Kersler when he contacted me because I was just about to walk in and I got a, a message from him mm. and it was a, a song and it was a song that he'd been thinking about while he's been looking in the mirror oh, wow. and he sent me oh, I can't remember what I've got the oh, message yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the song was but I sat outside the Kersler yeah. listening to this song oh it was properly good Probably good. Oh, it's amazing. That is yeah, how good is amazing. that? Wow. Um, it's got nothing to do with what we talked no, about. No, it's really, a great right? story. It's a really I love good a great story. story. Um, so, for anyone who wants to get involved, what they if they if they haven't got so if there's someone eligible to enter, they need to start looking out for our entry forms around Christmas time and get their artwork, their writing, their needlework to us by April the 4th I think the deadline is going to be April the 4th 2019 if you aren't eligible to enter but you're interested in what we do then we're always looking for people to help us out in various ways as you've said um, over the summer next year we'll be looking for people to come and write feedback on artworks we get 7,000 pieces coming in we want everyone to get a piece of feedback as I said Um, I've known a couple of artists just by chance oh I bumped into one in the coaster a few mm. years ago um, and she said that she'd been up doing that mm. but if they've not got the time they can also name an award can't they, they? can yeah so um, and you can do that it's not that expensive so you can um, put you choose a name for an award so you could have the platinum award I could be the Cerameté platinum award for painting um, or you can even just have a highly commended award which is a bit cheaper can it be there Company or it can be a company, that? yeah, it can be companies. We have um, companies naming awards. Um, we have, it's really nice sometimes when people are retiring, um, people will club together and buy an award in that person's name. Mm. Um, we have them in memoriam to people, maybe who've worked in the prison service. Um, we had a lovely award named after a art tutor had worked for a number of years at SEND. Um, that was a real kind of testament to the fact that he'd supported so many women to become yeah. uh, more creative and to carry on with the arts. And we had a, a award for a, a few years in his name. So there's, yeah, you can do that. Um, you can just tell people about what we do. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, make people uh, invite people to come along to see and the you exhibitions. Could, if, if you don't put your name to anything, you can also be a friend, can't you? To yes, the, absolutely. To the I think that's about £40. Oh, I might be wrong. Um, but for £40, you can become a friend of Kerstler for the year. Um, so that is, yeah, that's a way of, you know, saying that you are somebody who wants to support um, what we do and becoming part of the kind of Kerstler family. Because um, it is great. I mean, it's a, there's a lot of people that haven't heard of Kerstler, and that's a, a sad thing. But mm. then also, it seems a very small world at other points when you you go somewhere and you hear people um, well, definitely... who've somehow been impacted by what we do. I mean, the, the main thing that made me want to leave my old life and, and enter this new one, you know, that, it was mainly the artists that were writing to me. Mm, mm. But it was everything else before that gave me a sort of foothold in the art world. Yeah. And the Kirsten was definitely one of them. Oh, that's great to hear. So where can people find you on social media? So we're hashtag Trust for, not hashtag, at Trust for mm. Twitter. Um, and we're on Facebook as well, um, and we have Instagram, and then our website is, uh, as you'd expect it to be, 
Kerslertrust.org.uk. And Kersler is spelled? Kersler is spelled K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R. And the show is running until the 4th of November. This will come out, I think, on the 29th of October. Yeah, so you have one week left to see the exhibition. The best week to go because it will be buzzing with people. Um, speak to the hosts, write feedback. Um, please come along and see it. It will be fantastic. That's it. Thank you very much. Mm, for thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Well, I did tell you I was going to get a little bit animated about the meeting between me and Michael K. Williams. Pretty good story, though, weren't it? Well, I hope this episode has given you a good insight into the arts of offenders and the length some people go to give others a second chance. Because as we mentioned there, there is a lot of talent in prison and some don't know where to look to channel that talent. That's where the Kersler Trust and the mentors come into their own. And talk about giving prisoners with talent a second chance. You've only got to look at the list of celebrities that have been in prison and channeled their talents in a positive manner. Johnny Vaughan, the TV and radio presenter, he got five years. Um, He probably served, what would he have served out of that? Three years, eight months for possession of drugs. Gino DeCampo, I think he served two years. He either got two years or served two years. And Christ, the king of them all, Stephen Fry. He served three months for fraud. And there's Hollywood stars like Jay-Z and Mark Wahlberg. Look what happens when creative people just channel their energy in a positive direction. The sky's your limit. And as Sarah said, the Kersler Awards show is on at the Royal Festival Hall until the 4th of September, which is only four or five days away. But as Sarah said, the last week is always a hive of activity up there. And if you do go down there and see an artwork you like or listen to some music or poetry spoken word that you like, please get one of the cards and just write your feelings down and pop it in the box. It will end up in the hands of the person that created that artwork. And I'm sure most of you know yourself. Nice words from a stranger can change your entire outlook. And as Sarah said, if you want to get involved financially... You can become a friend of the Kersler Trust. You can buy an artwork if any of them are still for sale. Um, you can name an award for next year. And if you haven't got the money, but you just so happen to have a bit of time and expertise in the area that they require, why not contact the Kersler and look into being a mentor? Because if you're listening to this by proxy, you're going to be an art lover. So you'll be getting involved in something that you adore. And you can be absolutely fundamental in helping someone change their life. Sort of being a, an aesthetic midwife, helping to create a born-again artist. And if you're unable to do any of that, but you enjoyed the podcast and appreciate the work that Kersler are doing, then please just go on to social media, look for the Kersler Trust, just send them a little bit of love, just saying that you heard the podcast, love what they do, and wish them well. And if you do go down there over the next few days, just do what Sarah said... Go up to one of the invigilators and ask them to tell you about some of the artworks. It's a win-win situation. And next week, episode 12, is definitely MC Yamas. So until next week, ta-da. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.